This is the Edify Podcast for the Servant. If somebody were to ask you what is preaching, uh, maybe we would need to shift our focus toward a broader question. Maybe the real question is, what is the ministry of the Word? Paul told the Corinthian church in chapter 9, he said, If I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, and this is this is the part here, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. The question should be, what is the ministry of the Word, the administration of the Word? You know, the ministry of the Word flows from the fact that God entrusts His people with His Word. Uh, His people take the Word, they take that Word that He has given, and they faithfully serve others with it. So the ministry of the Word includes many different types of ministries within the church, you know, counseling, personal evangelism, and it's not just preaching. So the Word does a whole lot more than just just a proclamation. Uh, he, Jesus offers a balm to people. He offers, uh, you know, comfort to people. He he tears down people's uh, lofty ideas. Uh, there's a lot of things the Holy Spirit does through the administration of the Word. And so that's, that's kind of a focus. There is a what of preaching, and I want to, I want to, I guess, um, give three big picture biblical categories that kind of best sum up the ministry of the word in Scripture, and it's these three words: uh, stewarding, heralding, and encountering. Um, and this is kind of a thesis to to what I mean by that. Uh, the ministry of the word in Scripture is stewarding and heralding God's Word in such a way that people encounter God through His Word, and it's the means by which that they do that in a soul-saving, redemptive work. Uh, Nobody's going to be saved just by looking at creation. They'll be saved by the ministry of the Word. So, as I said, the three words are stewarding, heralding, and encountering. Um, Stewarding and heralding God's Word in such a way that people encounter God through his word, which I think is which is huge. You know, the first phase is the idea of of this stewardship. Um and you know, stewardship focuses on faithfully receiving God's word. Uh the steward is entrusted with the word of God and the second phase is the heralding of God's word. You know, God intends um God intends for the stewarded word to be heralded. Um uh, to, to be to be proclaimed that the preacher gives a human voice to the divine word so that others will hear from God. And the third phase is encountering God through his word. So in this step, the responsibility to steward the word passes from the preacher to the people. This phase is a a time of great gravity because every word from God demands a response. Nothing goes out void. Um so these three elements are maybe three sequential phases in what we may call the dynamic process of preaching God's word, how the Holy Spirit, you know, approaches, converts, convicts people uh, through the st- stewarding and heralding and, and, and encountering. So um, the three parts of this this statement um, are like three suitcases that's so stuffed with meaning that they're they're bursting at the at the seams. 
uh, demanding to be unpacked one at a time. So let's let's do a little bit of unpacking. Suitcase one is stewarding God's word. So the first phase uh, focuses on the the content of preaching, which is the stewarded word of God. So on the score, it, it's hard to improve upon Paul's uh, summary in First Corinthians four one through two. And he says that a steward is the one who has been entrusted with something. That's the what. And so he must be found faithful, and that's the how. So with respect to what has been entrusted. So this is how one should regard us, as he said in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Um, Mark Dever um he offers a definition of a steward. He said that a steward is someone who, who is not an owner, but is one who is entrusted with someone else's property. So in other words, a steward is not a master, but it is, but that steward is a, is a servant. And a servant entrusted with something that belongs to his master. John Stott says it very well. He said, indeed, if the stewardship metaphor teaches anything, it teaches uh, that the preacher does not supply his own message. He is supplied with it. So God is the master, the word is his property, and the preacher is the appointed servant entrusted with it. Now, this stewardship of the word is going to take different forms at different times. I mean, you think about in Scripture, all of the Bible, it came at different forms. And, you know, the patriarchs and the prophets and the scribes, you know, and, and, and the Hebrews writer says in many different ways and in portions and methods and means, you know, God spoke to us, but now he speaks to us through Jesus. And so... um there was a little bit of ignorance. There was a little bit of leeway with a lot of what went on in the Old Testament. Uh, but now we we must, we we have to now, because Jesus has spoken, and it's the last uh, perfect revealing will. Uh, we can't we can't push that aside. We we can't we can't um, not heed the words of Jesus and expect to get out of here alive, um, kind of thing. So the first suitcase is the stewarding of God's word. There's a seriousness about it. You have something that God has entrusted with you. It's all his, and he is asking you to be faithful with it. The second suitcase is the heralding of God's word, which we often think about is the emphasis or the the, the how of the uh, of the stewardship. So the, this this phase is uh, maybe an emphasis on heralding is, is on tone, uh, tone of the delivery. Preaching is not discussing or, or it's not uh, explaining something with the tone and the tenor of a fireside chat. This isn't this isn't Bible hour, okay? The herald is the town crier that speaks with the forceful tone, hear ye, hear ye. So in other words, the herald made his proclamation with a rousing, a, an attention-getting noise uh, that could not be uh, ignored, Um Curtis Cates used to say, "If you don't, if you, you got to preaching, has to grab them by the nap of the neck, and that's the idea." Um, a fellow by the name of Gordon Hugenberger uh, reinforces the gravity of the herald's task um, by by stressing the political or military associations of the word. And, and what he does is he points um, to the work of uh, a tenth century uh, Greek lexicographer lexicographer um, a guy's name is Sudes. he said that a herald is in time is in time of war what an ambassador is in peace let me say that again a herald is in time of war what an ambassador is in peace 
So the Herald would go into the, quote, enemy territory ahead of an advancing army to warn the enemy of certain destruction unless they accept the the preferred terms for peace. So the king would invest with the Herald the, the power either to accept surrender on behalf of his king or declare war if those were rejected. So the Herald's authority is completely derived and is legitimate only to the degree that he faithfully represents the one who sent him. So let me say that again. A Herald, in in, in Hugenberger's terms, as he, as he quotes this uh, Sudeus, that that this this person is, is a herald in a time of war, and this is the person who goes out and says, listen, you accept the surrender on behalf of the king, or or there's going to be war if you reject these terms. So notice how stewarding and heralding go together. Peter, Peter spoke of using our gifts to serve one another in 1 Peter 4.10 as good stewards of God, God's uh, varied grace, I think that he says there. So he, he then highlights... Two basic gifts of grace, speaking gifts and serving gifts. And the herald is a faithful steward of a speaking gift of grace when he speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, 411. But Paul made the same connection between preaching and stewardship in 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 17. He says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a stewardship. So the connection between stewarding and heralding is simple. God entrusts the word, and then he He calls the preacher to herald it. The calling and the gifting to handle the herald, uh, the word, are themselves a stewardship from God. God's calling and gifting are prerequisites for this stewardship. So, you know, as as we're going to look further into this idea of preaching and realistically the, the what of preaching, we're going to kind of unfold that. So stewardship needs to stay faithful with what has been entrusted, and, and that's what the steward needs to be about. The herald needs to stay true to what he has been sent to say. He has no authority uh, to modify the message or to insert his own opinions as if they uh, represent the revealed will of the surrender. The herald proclaims a message as an ambassador representing the one who sent him. So these two terms, stewarding and heralding, also help the, the reader of Scripture to understand the relationship between t- teaching and preaching. Preaching has a, let's say this, preaching has an expository dimension uh, because God entrusts the preacher with a specific message. So the fact that the heralding of God's Word requires exposition explains why preaching and teaching in Scripture often appear together. You think of Matthew 4.23, uh, chapter nine thirty five, Matthew eleven one, uh, Luke twenty and verse one, Acts five forty two, Acts fifteen thirty four, and First Timothy five seventeen. And so, preaching refers to how something is stated. It's a heraldic way, while teaching focuses on the content of what is said. So it has an unpacking of something. So there, it's a there's a huge reason why people should not um, sharply distinguish preaching and teaching is that they the two are often interchangeably used in scripture so for example the response to jesus most famous sermon which is the sermon on the mount we would say defines as teaching matthew seven twenty eight. so in the same way a verse in romans 
sheds light on the interchangeable nature of the terms. Paul lays down a general statement to the Jews. He says, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourselves? Chapter 2 and verse 21. So when he gives an example of this principle, he uses the term preach. Now, while you preach against stealing, do you steal? And so the combination of terms stewarding and heralding honors the intricate, 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 I'll get it out. Sorry, it's early. Uh, connection in Scripture, so between preaching and teaching. So one can say, uh, you know, again, by way of summary, that the word herald focuses on the preaching aspect and or, or the heraldic tone of the delivery, while the teaching places more stress on the entrusted content that the herald as teacher must speak. So those are the first two suitcases, and let's open this third one. Um, the third phase of preaching brings the burden of God's word to bear upon the hearers. So the sequential nature of the first two phases of preaching leads to a a moment of truth, or a, uh, some would say a come to Jesus meeting uh, for the hearer. The preacher in Scripture has spoken God's word. The people now must steward God's word. Pro- properly stewarding the word leads to life. It leads to blessings, and improper stewardship of the word leads to death and curse. So we cannot allow our definition of encounter, which is the third suitcase, um, heralding and teaching in such a way uh, that um, that people encounter God by the by the heralding, by the teaching, by the stewardship that you've been given. So. The, the, the definition of encountering um, to emphasize only positive transformation, we cannot, we can't allow our definition of that encounter. So I do not use encounter as a, as a synonym for, for what, um, for what, uh, what was his name? Uh, Henry, uh, I want to say like, it was like Blackaby or something. He, he, he's got a term called experiencing God, which he describes as a, as a positive experience. The encountering of God can be negative or it can be positive, depending on how people respond to God's word. So consider, for example, Paul's description of the effects of his ministry and the word upon his hearers. He says, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we smell both to both folks. To, to one camp, we are the fragrance uh, from death to death. To the other camp were the fragrance of life to life, which is the Corinthians 2, 5, 15 and 16. So sometimes an encounter with God through the preaching of the word brings the sweet smell of life, while for other people it's going to bring a, a stench of death. And the scriptures sing with examples of the power of the word to change lives. But it also, it also like that herald in a time of war, uh, contains... Uh, stinging examples of powerful judgment, and we're going to get into that uh, tomorrow. Not so much today, but I wanted to I wanted to talk about those those three aspects uh, of of the the stewarding and the heralding of God's word in such a way that people encounter God um, the right way. Now, where they are in life and what they need in life, that's up to them and to the Lord. And it's amazing how when you preach and when you teach certain things in certain ways, that it reaches people. When you steward faithfully and you herald faithfully these truths that God has given and you unfold them before the eyes of the people, there are some people who will get stuck on, let's just say that you're a traditional sermon you know, illustrator and you, you preach a three-point sermon, okay? Well, you think, well, here's the sermon, here's the thesis, and here's what I want them to get out of it. But I know people that, that when I have preached a three-point sermon, if you will, uh, say to me, uh, 
I stopped on your introduction and I never got past it. Or listen, I, I, you got to point two and my mind just went here and, and I just started taking off and reading verses and all of this. And, and that's the thing is that the Holy Spirit goes out through the preaching uh, of man uh, and and convicts people from this word that's proclaimed and and where they are it reaches them where they are he reaches them where they are this this message goes out and it and it reaches them so that's that's the beauty of preaching is that when you when you lay a blanket across people uh of, of truth of biblical truth and you expose the text there are things that are going to strike people and they're going to strike nerves in ways that you had number one had no way had no intention to do you had you had no way to plan these things you had no knowledge of these things and and so that's the holy spirit's work in the preaching is that when he goes out forward through the message of preaching it reaches people that message does um where where they are and for some people the message that would comfort one group uh conflicts another group and and one group that is conflicted, another group is convicted. So that's that's the beauty of preaching is that it comforts, it convicts, it conflicts, it it does all these things. Uh, it it teaches us and reaches us in ways that we weren't planning to be reached. That's the beauty of it, and that's that's one of the blessings of the Holy Spirit's work through the the preaching of the Word. And so that's what we've been given. We've been given a word to to be proper stewards to be proper heralds so that people can encounter God in the ways that they need to encounter him. Uh, another side note, we're not going to delve into this too much, but but you think about this, the, the way that the Holy Spirit preached um, and the way that he had people preach. Or, you know, today when we come across verses in our Bible, there's a there are words that mean things and matter. But there's also emotion and there's also... Um, there's also voices in text, you know, there's also emotions in text. And so it's like you and I can faithfully uh, preach a word, preach the words that are used and preach them in the right context and preach them with the right emotion. But if we fail to preach them in the way that the Holy Spirit wants them to be preached, uh, we're doing a disservice to the Holy Spirit and his text. So let's say that we, t we take something that is very serious in nature and we make it a jovial nature. Well, that wasn't the intention of the Holy Spirit. So it behooves us, fellas, to be good stewards and to take seriousness, the power and the, and the presence and, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in, in the preaching. And so I know that's another set of suitcases to unpack, and maybe we unpack and maybe we will shortly. But, but in regards to preaching, steward, herald, and in, you've been entrusted with something so that people can encounter God in the ways that they should. So uh, may God bless you in your preaching and teaching of the Word.